Please turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew 21. In this passage, Jesus declares to the world that he is the king. He's not just a king. Jesus is the king. And you want to be a servant of the king. We're beginning to read about Holy Week or about his passion. By his death, burial, and resurrection, Jesus made the way for salvation for us to be saved from his wrath and the judgment to come. Because I'll tell you, Jesus is coming again. And if you've ever read Revelation, you understand that there will be no mistaking who is on which side. It will be very clear who belongs as a servant to the king. But woe to those who do not belong to him. So let's read about our king. And as we read, recognize the authority that Jesus knows belongs to him. If you'll please stand with me. As we'll read the first part of Matthew 21. This is the word of the Lord. It is eternally true. When they had approached Jerusalem and had come to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied there and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them. And immediately he will send them. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, gentle and mounted on a donkey, even on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did just as Jesus had instructed them, and brought the donkey and the colt, and laid their coats on them, and he sat on the coats. Most of the crowd spread their coats in the road, and others were cutting branches from the trees and spreading them in the road. The crowds going ahead of him, and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest! And when he had entered Jerusalem, all the city was stirred, saying, Who is this? And the crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. And Jesus entered the temple and drove out all those who were buying and selling in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who were selling doves. And he said to them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a robber's den. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. And when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he had done, and the children who were shouting in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David. They became indignant and said to him, Do you hear what these children are saying? And Jesus said to them, Yes. Have you never read? Out of the mouth of infants and nursing babies, you have prepared praise for yourself. And he left them and went out of the city to Bethany and spent the night there. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. Jesus tells his disciples, go get a donkey, go get a colt, 
If anyone says anything to you, you shall say to them, the Lord has need of them. Immediately, he will send them. Can you imagine this? Donkeys and colts, they were not cheap commodities. They were valuable. Shoot, donkeys are expensive today. A pack of gum is expensive today. Some men come up to you and say, give us that donkey, that colt. You'd think, Given these to you. I need these. Rob, I'm going to need to borrow that car. Paul, that new truck, I'm going to need to borrow that for a while. Paul got a new diesel. Imagine what the disciples were thinking. You want us to do what? But what Christ commanded them, He provided the way also to get the job done. Jesus tells them, the Lord has need of them. Okay. Here they are. It doesn't discuss any deliberation at that point. By the way, who is Jesus talking about? The Lord has need of them. Of course, he's talking about himself. As you read through the Gospels, you see that Jesus continues to reveal his authority. And that's building to a climax ultimately of offense to those who will crucify him. Jesus knew who he was. He knew he was the king. No self-doubt about that. And so he spoke with authority. He acted with authority. And so, why the donkey? What was the purpose and point of riding in on a donkey? Because according to the prophet, that's what the king was going to do. Jesus the Messiah, the prophecy is from Zechariah. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout in triumph, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and endowed with salvation, humble and mounted on a donkey, even on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. Jesus the King is humble. This first time, this first coming, He comes in peace. There was not some glorious war stallion He was riding. He didn't have the armor and a sword. A humble donkey. He didn't even own the thing. He had to borrow it. Mean and meager and poor. It didn't even have a saddle on it. They had to put their dirty garments on it. Our Lord and King Jesus, while He was on earth, He lived a poor, poor life. Nowhere to lay His head. And who gathered around Him? It says the crowds. Who were these crowds? They were mostly the very poorest in the area. The multitude of the people who were despised and rejected by the rich. And so to the watching world, this kind of looked ridiculous. Some king, he's riding, no war horse, no chariot with him, no military, some king is riding on some borrowed donkey. Some kingdom, no palace, 
No riches. No wealthy, influential people praising him. But never forget, the wisdom of this world, foolishness to our Lord. Consider your calling. Not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble. God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong. The base things of the world and the despised God has chosen. The things that are not, so that he may nullify the things that are. So that no man may boast before God. But by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God. Righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. So that, just as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. And if this doesn't quite resonate with you, let me give a warning. Don't be proud. Don't be too big for your britches. Ever heard that phrase? Don't be too big for your britches. I looked up some comparable phrases. What does it mean? Behaving as if you are more important than you really are. Or arrogant. Too big for your britches. Don't be overconfident. Thinking the whole world revolves around you. As proud as Lucifer, said one. Because pride defines Lucifer. You know one thing the Lord delights in? The Lord delights in humbling the proud. You know why? Because the proud fool themselves. The proud think they are the gift to the world. So don't think more highly of yourself than you ought. Once I worked at a bank and I got a call to go to another company. So put in my two weeks notice and I was feeling pretty good about myself. The supervisor came and said, Paul, don't go. Please don't leave us. You're special. You're special, Paul. And one of the other bankers was uh, one of those cutthroat dealing guys. He'll tell you exactly how he sees it. So I would often confide in this friend. So I told him, well, supervisor says I'm special. Without missing a beat, he smiles and tells me, you're not special. That's a good friend. That's a good friend right there. So on uh, the last day, often people bring in snacks and goodies. My friend bought a cake for me. Big chocolate icing on it. Big white letters. You're not special. <laughs> One of the best gifts I've ever received. And the Lord continues to humble me. What a gift. Our Lord Jesus Christ humbled Himself from the heavenlies 
and came down as a man. He humbled himself riding into Jerusalem. Christ came to Jerusalem voluntarily. Yes, he was obeying the will of his Father. But he came and he was crucified, laid down his life on his own volition. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life so that I may take it again. No one has taken it away from me, but I lay it down on my own initiative. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This commandment I received from my Father. Jesus knew after these events that all of his followers would run from him. He knew he would be forsaken, but he rode into the city. He knew who he was. He knew he was the Savior King and he had work to do. He obeyed the will of his Father and he would be the perfect sacrifice for sins. What a wonderful Savior. Make no mistake, he is the King. He holds all the authority. We read, your King is coming just endowed with salvation, and the Jews knew that he was the Messiah. They didn't want to believe it, though. It says, the crowds went on ahead, and those who followed were shouting as the kids were shouting earlier. Now, let's give the dads and moms an opportunity as well. But first, let me ask you, a little before this passage, Just at the end of chapter 20, we read that two blind men were sitting by the road. Two blind men. And they heard that Jesus could heal. So go ahead, try this. Close your eyes. How well can you see with your eyes closed? Can you see anything? Now, you can keep them closed. If you heard in this state, think about it. You've got the rest of your day planned. You've got things to go on to, things to see. In this state, you can't do much. So if you heard Jesus who heals even the blind. How do you think you would shout out to Jesus as he passed by? Go ahead and open your eyes. How would you shout? Help me! Shut up. You would scream, help me, I can't see. What is Hosanna? It's a shout, save us. So kids, you did a decent job earlier. You would have 
not done so well if Pastor McNeely wasn't leading you. You did decent. But big boys and girls, dads and moms and kids, let's say you're blind or you're hurting or you need salvation and you're crying out, save we pray, can we all shout like we mean it? One, two, three. Hosanna! a little better. And in heaven, you won't even be able to hear all the voices praising King Jesus. Be deafening. Be deafening. Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. It means save, we pray you. This was the triumphal entry. Palm branches were symbols of victory and peace as they laid down on the road, the branches in front of their king. They were glad to receive their king. This wording comes from Psalm 118. Oh Lord, do save, we beseech you. Oh Lord, we beseech you, do send prosperity. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. Especially the despised and rejected and poor. And it's a sound of praise, glory to God in the highest. The people knew there was a difference. Who is this? This is Christ, the Redeemer. Everybody in the city was stirred. They had heard the name Jesus. And now He was there. There was excitement. People in your life, they've heard the name Jesus. Unless they live under a rock, which isn't true, they've heard the name Jesus. But, doesn't say anything about their salvation or damnation. These people who were shouting and praising Jesus, what did they all do later that week? We're looking for immediate relief from life's troubles. I know I am. But were they willing to count the cost of following Jesus? At this high point, at the triumphal entry, it's convenient to be a follower of Jesus. I can just be with the crowd. Can't even hardly see my face with all the palm branches waving around. Maintain some anonymity. It wasn't quite as convenient, though, when Jesus was soon to be arrested and beaten and scourged and crucified. Not so convenient then to say, I'm a follower of Jesus. Peter, must we get all proud and feeling good? And then, after the triumphal entry, we read here in 21, Jesus cleanses the temple. And I tell you something, that would have been a sight to behold. Jesus didn't ask for permission to come into the temple. Again, he's the king and he knows the authority he wields. He takes action. 
Proverbs 20 says that a king who sits on the throne of justice disperses all evil with his eyes. Jesus dispersed with his eyes and he used his hands and he was throwing tables. If you know your Bible, you know this wasn't the first time either. John records the first time he drove them out with a whip, scourge of cords. The house of the Lord, my Father's house, is a house of prayer and worship. You will not defile it. He drives out these self-righteous, the proud, those who think themselves so religious. Meanwhile, these dear children are rightly shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David! And the priests and scribes are angry. Jesus isn't intimidated. Without missing a beat. You hear what they're saying? Yes. I hear them. And to add insult to injury, have you never read? Don't you know your Bible? Don't you know your scrolls? Psalm 8. Out of the mouth of infants and nursing babies, you have prepared praise for yourself. Even a little baby nursing on mom prepares praise for the Lord. Notice what Jesus does when he's confronted. In the same way when he was tempted in the wilderness, what does Jesus do? He quotes Scripture. He knows the Word. When you're tempted... When you're afraid, when you're in doubt, claim the promises of God. I always remember Jacob when he hears his brother is coming. He's terrified. God, you said, you said. He's scared to death. Know the word of the Lord and claim the promises of God. Kids, I know that sometimes you get scared at night. Claim the promises of God out loud. The cleansing of the temple condemned those who used the house of the Lord to make a large profit for themselves. And they tried to silence the children. Jesus turns that on them and rebukes them. These kiddos singing to here, they're going to give me praise. These kiddos up here, what a gift. Kiddos, boys and girls, you have blessed us all this morning with that. There's no filter. They're delighted. Kids, never stop singing praises to your King Jesus. It blesses and encourages us all. And the big boys and girls, men and women, let me tell you something. Children imitate. Children say and do as they see others say and do. Take care to be a good example. Thankful for my son recently. 
put a lot of responsibility on him to help watch the kids. I come back in, and he's failing my arbitrary expectations. So I'm angry at him. Ultimately, I'm angry at myself. So he tells me, you don't got to yell at me. You know what, son? You are correct. I should not have done that. Forgive me. But still, if you could read all my thoughts and do all my work for me, that'd be really convenient. Our children will love what we love. They'll hate what we hate. Be wise. We read earlier, even if the kids were not singing out, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. The Pharisees, teacher, tell him to shut up. Rebuke him. Jesus, I tell you, if these become silent, the stones and the rocks, the mountains are going to cry out. They're all praising me. The religious leaders didn't want to lose their power and influence. The king had arrived. All knew and all saw his authority. His disciples were shouting his praises. The children were shouting his praises. And even if these failed, inanimate objects are just going to start singing out. Jesus is heightening the offense here as we look forward to Passion Week. He is preparing Himself for His own crucifixion. And if we had been there, friends, the masses shouting Hosanna to Jesus, you've got the crowds, the religious leaders, the disciples, the scribes, the children. One thing is true of all. When Jesus later this week, when Jesus was arrested, they all scattered. Everybody left him. Well, not me. Not, surely not I, Lord. And if you would have been Adam in the garden, you wouldn't have sinned either. There was a disciple who said something similar. Peter, Lord, why can I not follow you right now? I will lay down my life for you. And Jesus has such compassion on Peter. You just love Peter with his rash vows. Will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, a rooster will not crow until you deny me three times. You have Peter vowing to lay down his life for Jesus. Jesus asking Peter, will you lay down your life for me? You'll deny me three times before a rooster crows. Whose words are true? Jesus or Peter's? Both, actually. Eventually, Peter did lay down his life for the Lord. But now when Jesus was arrested, Peter denied the Lord. But later in life, after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, Peter was a witness, an apostle who testified of salvation in the Lord. Because he knew 
Jesus had come in peace. And he knew Jesus was coming with authority and with wrath against his enemies. Peter was an eyewitness. He knew what was coming. Jesus, the king, is still preparing his church, his kingdom. And as we go from here, think about this. Picture it. Toward the end of Revelation, toward the end of Scripture, and I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. Reads a little different than this humble, borrowed donkey with the coats on it. A white horse, and he who sat on it is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and wages war. His eyes are a flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems, crowns for the king. And he has a name written on him, which no one knows except himself. He is clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which are in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword, so that with it he may strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron, and he treads on the winepress of the fierce wrath of God the Almighty. And on his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written. King of kings and Lord of lords. Behold your king. As you go from here, testify with your life that he is king. Kiddos, don't let these praises leave your lips. Don't become cynical as you get older. As you're tempted, young men and women, give glory to the King of Kings. By the power of the Spirit, say no to sin and temptation and testify to his kingship. Men and women, we are tempted to despair and lose heart and hope in so many ways. I am. Testify to the King of Kings. Behold your King. He heals and saves those who cry out to Him. He delights in the praises of His children. He has all the authority, and He is coming again. Hosanna to the Son of David. Hosanna in the highest. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we give You all the glory. May Jesus Christ be praised. Jesus is indeed the King of kings and Lord of lords. May we not forget it. Father, as we go from here, we will be tempted. We will doubt. We will fear. And so, Father, lead us by Your Spirit. Guide us. 
O thou great Jehovah, Hosanna to the Son of David. Hosanna in the highest. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.